0: Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. The church operates in three dimensions, upward, inward, and outward.
1: Hi, this is Keith Toosey, and welcome to Leadership in Context. I'm so glad you could spend a few minutes with me today and, and help polish your leadership gift. That's what this is all about. So in our last couple of podcasts, I think six out of the last seven, actually, to be exact, we talked about the book of Ephesians being a picture of the church. And if you haven't gone back and just reread Ephesians, just thinking of the presentation the Apostle Paul was making of the vision that God gave him for the church, I would really encourage you to do that. Uh, It really adds a lot of flavor and color and dimension Uh, I think, to how we understand who we are as the church. So that's what the church is. You know, that's the nature of the church. So I thought it would be reasonable to follow up in the next couple of podcasts and talk about, what does the church do? Because, honestly, I think there's a lot more talk about what the church does than what the church is. But if you don't get the is right, you'll always mess up the does, because the does will get weird on you. So, understanding that picture from ephesians is very critical and now i just want to take you know a couple podcasts and talk about what the church does so the church operates in three dimensions upward inward and outward the church operates upward in worship the church operates inward in body life and fellowship and it operates outward in evangelism and the Great Commission. And what's interesting is, you know, when you look at churches, uh, very seldom are we, like, real even on all these things. I think it takes real strong leadership and real sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, a real commitment to the written word to really stay uh, equal or balanced, if you use that word, I'd, I'd say radical in all things is a better way to do it. But you'll notice churches that are just into worship—that's that's what they do. And often, even when they do that, it's one-dimensional. Then you'll notice churches that are very inward, very fellowship. You got disciples making disciples of people that are already disciples, and nobody's really getting saved, and so they just disciple each other some more. And then you got churches that are, you know, thank the Lord they're outward; they're out there looking. They're gonna, they're gonna invade the culture. They're gonna go to the nations. They're gonna do these things. Uh, and sometimes there's some other things missing. Now I'm a cake and eat it too guy. I believe we can have our cake and eat it too. So I think just when you're looking at that, what we what we are, what the church is, uh, you have to translate that into what the church does. So we're going to talk about the upward, the inward, and the outward. You know, again, just dropping back to Ephesians 2 and verse 18, it says, Through him we both, meaning Jew and Gentile, have access in one spirit to the Father. I love that word access there. And I've often said in preaching and teaching that that one word describes the reality of the new covenant better than any other word in the Bible, in my opinion, that we have access to God. uh, And that that is the privilege that we have. That's the high priestly doctrine of justification by faith, that because I've been justified, I have access to God. As a matter of fact, I'd make this statement to you. Your growth will be determined, and the fruit you bear will be determined on how you use your access more than on what gifts and what opportunities you have. How do you use your access? Do you have a path worn to the throne of grace? Is there constant access? And I'm not just talking about access when you're doing good. I mean, honestly, the best way... To grow in the Lord is just determining your heart that even when you're off kilter, even if you've sinned, you've rebelled, you've done something wicked, whatever it is, that you do not deny your access and you go to God and you get healed, you get cleansed, you get delivered, you get redeemed, you get affirmed, you walk in the adoption as a son or a daughter. So you have that access. That is the foundation for the upward ministry of the church. You know, sometimes you'll be in church and you'll see the worship team leading and you look around and there are, you know, some people worshiping and some people not worshiping. What is that all about? Uh, are we waiting for the presence of God? I'm not waiting for the presence of God. I walk in the presence of God. I have access to the presence of God. But I think often that's a reflection of, that we are not using that access, that people do not realize that this is a great time where we get to join together and celebrate that access to God, that, that high priestly relationship. You know, when the church came out of the Dark Ages, it really, you know, we, we credit Martin Luther, but certainly he was a voice, and there were others around him, but, you know, that was really based on just one central thought, justification by faith that every believer had access to God and no longer needed a priest. No longer needed an intermediary. Okay? Now, and that is the greatest foundation and we should build on that foundation. So, the first responsibility, I would say, the first privilege of the church is to Worship. It was interesting, you know, reading through the Book of Acts when the Apostle Paul was being persecuted. They said to him in verse nineteen, in uh, or verse forty, verse forty three, excuse me, and Acts eighteen, this man persuades people to worship God contrary to the law. Well, they didn't need a priest, they didn't need to make a sacrifice, they had access to God. But I want you to notice that he he didn't just persuade people to get saved, but he persuaded people to be a worshiper. You know, I'm almost wondering as I was preparing this lesson for this podcast, you know, the word Christian, eh, you know, unfortunately, it it has lost some of its sizzle. And I, I, I notice a lot of people talking about being followers of Christ, and I think, of course, that's what a Christian is. Uh but you know how about just worshipers I'm I'm a worshiper of God Now when the Bible talks about worship in general it's not just talking about raising your hands and singing it's talking about presenting your life as an offering say it with me presenting your life as an offering Everything I do, everything I say, the way I treat people, the way I work for my employer, whatever it may be, I do that as an act of worship. Worship, I would sum up in three words, honor, obedience, and gratitude. I honor God. I give him glory. I give him credit. I bow my knee to him. Because I honor him, I obey him. I do what he asks me to do. And I'm always full of gratitude not just for what he done, what he's done and who he is, but the fact that I get to know him and that I have access to him. So when we think of worship, try not to think too narrow. Uh, because if worship is just something we do in church on Sunday morning for an hour, then we're just dipping our toe in the water. Now on the other side of that, corporate worship was something we see From the beginning with God's people, God's people coming together for adoration. And in the worship time, God is the center of that and not man. So we should sing songs about God, uh, in my opinion, about God, about his attributes, about who he is, about what he does. We shouldn't just sing songs about, you know, me and how I feel and what you've done for me. I mean, I guess there's a time and a place for that. But really, I think true worship would be somebody who was unindoctrinated, not having access to God, could watch and listen to what we did, and they would know more about God when they left because we accurately rehearsed in song or chant or word in melody who God is. And I would say this to you, the first responsibility of the church is worship. Everything we do should come out of worship. And when I say worship, I mean the broad and the narrow definition, the narrow definition, meaning, you know, singing praises to God, with instruments in our hands and dancing and clapping and shouting and bowing and praising and singing, uh, but taking that beyond the door. Think about this: If everything was taken away, if your liberty was taken away, if your health was taken away if your resources were taken away, if your ability to talk to other people was taken away, what would you have left? You have access to God. They can never stop you from worshiping. Nobody, nothing can stop you from worshiping. In Acts 4, we see the first jailbreak. They were thrown in jail. They had nothing. They had no ability. They had no lawyers. They didn't get their first phone call. They got nothing. But they sang and they praised God and God erupted through them. I believe that God is still doing the same thing today. I believe if we'll put him front and center in the church, after all, it really is his church. It's his wedding. He's the groom. Okay. And if we would just, uh, praise him and give him honor and glory and obedience I believe the inward and the outward would flow out of that river. Now, I'm not one of these people that believe you just do one or you just do two. I think we need to be doing all three. I think the church should be upward. I think we should be inward. And I think we should be outward. But I think we've got to get the first thing first. And that is that we have access to God and that we praise God upwardly and that when we come together as believers that is our greatest privilege is to look upward and then coming out of that revelation everything we do obviously if we relate to people the right way like God would have us to do then our inward you know church life and the fellowship and the And the unity and the love and everything we have is going to be crazy outrageous. When you see churches with division and those things happening, there's an upward problem, okay? And then when you see churches that can't go outward, there's an inward problem. So let's start with getting the first thing right. The three things the church does, upward, inward, and outward. Hey, I hope this really like stirred your heart to really look. I mean, when you're reading like through the book of Acts, just think, okay, was that upward? Like, what were they doing? Who? What did the church do? What was the response of what God had done for them? And God still has that same church. He is still the king of that same church. And that same church will still prevail. And I'm so glad to be a part of it. And I'm glad you are too. So let's be true worshipers of God. Hey, this is Keith Tusey for Leadership in Context. Thanks for listening today. If this has been a blessing to you, ship it off to somebody else and be a blessing to them.
0: The church operates in three dimensions and should be all three. But we have to get the first thing first access is the foundation for the upward ministry of the church. Your growth and the fruit you bear will be determined by how you use your access more than what gifts and opportunities you have. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, Email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.